everyone, and welcome once again to Starship Podcast Warlock. My name is Drew. My name is Jeff. And we are watching Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, the TV series from the 80s, this being uh, season three of Starship Podcast Warlock, which is probably going to get confusing sooner or later if it hasn't already. We have seasons, TV shows have seasons, it's 1172 and we're barbarians. So, <laughs> Oh, that's, that's a good show. I, I'd love to do Lion in Winter. Uh, yeah, it's a great sitcom about a family trying to kill each other. Um, I was like, but wait a minute, it's, it's 1183, but I'm like, oh wait, that's a Young Ones reference in the, in the era. In the age. Oh, oh I, no, it was a mistake on my part. So. No, 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 that, that was good because like, I mean, the quote is 1183, but uh, the crop rotation is 1172. You hear that, everybody? That was good. Mm, yeah, that was okay. good. <laughs> We're stalling a little bit because it's a sad time. This is the end of all of Hitchhikers, the TV series. Um, so this is the last episode of season three, or is it? Uh, we don't know yet. Uh, we decided was... that we're actually going to do what would be the second season of Hitchhikers acted out with finger puppets, and then we're yep. going to listen to it afterwards. Yep, That's right. We are going to extrapolate the entirety of the second season from the first season. Uh, perfect our and impressions a, of all the characters. And using a piece of fairy cake. Yes. Um, <laughs> yes. And for Zaphod, you have to have one extra finger. That's right. Yes, mm -hmm. of course. And uh, something uncomfortable sitting on your shoulder, which isn't yes. a head, but looks like a head. Um, but seriously, this is it. Um, there, I'm not going to say any more than that there might be a bonus episode or two after this in this season. Uh, and otherwise we will be going to season four after this if we can think of something to do. And we have thought of a few things, but we still have to talk about it. So I'm just going to leave it all mysterious. All you have to do, of course, is stay subscribed to the podcast. Um, if you have some thoughts, uh, when you hear this, there might be time to influence us. Uh, and the best way to do that is to get on Twitter. It's a horrible place, I know. But uh, add Starship Warlock, no podcast in the middle. Um, and message us or tweet to us or whatever it is you feel like doing and let us know what you think we should do next. And we'll go, uh, we don't have those DVDs and we won't be able to do it and you'll be disappointed. Seriously, though, give us a suggestion. DVDs or watch it on <laughs> Hulu or something like that. Yeah, I mean, we have not done anything that we haven't seen before, which might be really interesting. So if you got something you think sort of fits with this podcast, we'd love to hear about it. But now we're going to watch episode six of Hitchhikers, as is traditional at the end of a, a season of the TV show. Uh, we will watch it first, and then afterwards we will talk about it. And uh, against all sense, we have ranked the episodes of this uh, serial season, <laughs> uh, even though they don't really stand alone in any way. Uh, we, we have got a ranking for them, and we'll be discussing that like proper nerds. Okay, so let's start the episode. Uh, as you know, uh, you need to queue up uh, whatever streaming service you're using or DVD or uh, Thought Crystal, whatever it is, um, and get ready to press, press play when I say play. It's so simple. I'll count down from three down to one, then I'll say play, then we'll all go. Are you ready, Jeff? Yes. All right. Here we go. Three, two, one... Play. Sweet. 
star man wait anyway <laughs> what do you think they would have used as theme music for the movie well I mean they did use journey of the sorcerer didn't they oh I, I'm just being facetious oh yeah sorry I haven't had anything to eat today, and it shows. <laughs> it's going to be fun today. And where's your underwear? And why is your underwear? Is that underwear edible? <laughs> is that Princess? No. <laughs> Camera shakes, bridge crew fall down. I'm amused that this that effect makes uh, 70s era Doctor Who look sophisticated in comparison. Why did Arthur look like he was being cyber-converted? <laughs> Through an 80s video. Thing. I think one of them should shout out at <laughs> Zaphod should shout out a different number. <laughs> favorite insults coming up. <laughs> Hear that, improvers? My subtitle says, tell us you motorized maniac, but I didn't hear that. Oh, he said that. Oh, okay. I have the volume down so it doesn't bleed. Mm -hmm. 
It's like an endive. Zaphod's being a lot more emotive than he was in the uh, original. <laughs> it's true. Kiss him. Aww. Oh, look, it's the Singing Towers. It's Megalos. That is the same actor that plays uh, Max Quarterplein, I assume, yes? I don't think so. Yeah, delivery was kind of similar. Very similar style. interesting that ends up in episode six this is one of the first asides in the book in the book version mm. It's like Fantastic Planet. <laughs> oh, they even have Belgium. I know. funny i don't remember this aside in any other incarnation do you no is it in the book ah uh, that would explain why it was very nicely animated though
Here comes the sun. <laughs> Here comes the sun. Blake Seven. <laughs> you just sent them to the phantom zone. <laughs> The subtitles had more dialogue than the dialogue. Hmm. Mine was pretty close. I mean, that's happened throughout the series so far, but it was pretty close in this case. The only difference was thousand million instead of million, but that's more, um, you know, British versus American. <laughs> they switch clothes. Hilarious. I'd say Arthur came out the better part of that deal. Yeah. <laughs> I really hate Zafe. <laughs> yeah, I don't I don't cotton to it either. were in an arc in space. Oh no. I like that episode. Yeah, me too. Probably not it's good just, for them though. Yeah, I know. It's not a not a good place to be. We've landed in another sketch.
Mary, who's that tall girl doing joggers. <laughs> I'm not going to quote the next line. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, it's an arc in space. Check it. As long as they're not on Telos, they're okay. Yeah. They're grateful. That was a great look. <laughs> Or a third car salesman, second class. Quite a nice model set situation there. Yeah, I was just thinking that. I'm not sure I feel that hairdressers are inessential. I think we rather need them. Well, certainly after the pandemic. Yeah. But then again, there was a pandemic caused by a uh, non-sanitization of a dirty telephone, so go figure. Ooh, spoilers. Meanwhile, in Space Hexagon. <laughs> Morris is so good. What else has he been in? Everything. Clockwork Orange, I think. Uh, I haven't seen that in so long. Prisoner. Who is he in The Prisoner? Mm, I don't know. Maybe I'm dreaming. No, I wouldn't be surprised. But. We'll have to look. I do like that blaster, although if you held it sideways, it could be like a fighter from Star Wars. <laughs> That's nicely framed. This is an okay to way to play it. I, I like it, but uh, I like yeah. the way it's done in the original where he's, where he's basically barking at him. Lemon! Yeah. That's much better. <laughs> he's holding the gun.
<laughs> I kind of wish this were a Doctor Who episode. I repeat, the Ark in space. I know, but... No, I know. The, the setup, yeah, I get it. I'm intrigued by that, actually. I'm trying to picture this as a Doctor Who episode. Mm -hmm. Which Doctor? Oh, Tom Baker, why not? Although, actually, 11 would be pretty good. Yeah. Yes, because of disaster area. <laughs> The business with a gun. And where's the new number two? You know, the, his voice is slightly um, Pertwee-ish. Mm, I can see that. <laughs> I love the goat.
I'm very sorry for spoiling that joke. God, the beards. It's No, it isn't. <laughs> Ha <laughs> ha. 
Thank you, nephew of John Cleese. Lemon! Is that Callie in the background? with tongue. <laughs> they like, cut that wrong. Like, it should have been two million years, that's it. Time for another bath before any other lines are said. Yeah. Otherwise you'd lose the joke.
line. It's a good thing nobody has <laughs> ever done anything random ever until now. <laughs> I feel like he shouldn't be sounding out at this point. I feel like... <laughs> well, I guess that's half the joke, but...
Ah, yes. Number three was Jeffrey Beavers. Of course. <laughs> you might recognize that voice. Naturally. <laughs> All right, well, that just about wraps it up for episode six of Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. We'll be back right after this little musical interlude to talk about it. And we are back to talk about Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, Episode 6. Jeff, what'd you think? Well, um, there's bits where I felt like it... it flagged a little bit um I, I do love i was curious how the um i was trying to remember if the considering it ends on such a uh open-ended note in some ways um i was trying to remember how much of this version did it that way and sure enough it it did it went to the golga frencham segment and i feel like um i like the golga frenchams on the whole i do feel like it was a little slow paced in portions i really feel like the pace needed to be there for the uh for the humor to be fully um realized um but uh, I, except for the fact, of course, that in this you don't find out what happens to uh, to Trillian and and Zaphod, um, I, I do like uh, I do like the ending of uh, Ford and Arthur walking off in prehistoric Earth. Yes, it's not a particularly happy thing, I suppose, in some ways. But I, I, I it's interesting, especially for such a um, a series that's pretty funny overall to end on that sort of somewhat poignant note, I guess. Um, mm-hmm. uh, and and bleak in some ways obviously as well um but uh but i've always liked that as an ending in some ways would be happy if it ended that way except for the fact that you know you don't get any closure with uh with three of the characters um but overall um i i liked it but it wasn't my favorite i'll tell you later on where i would put this in my ranking obviously sure yeah i'll say that um well i i enjoyed this one quite a bit um there was a lot of kind of nonsense in the beginning with the ship. And I think my feelings about the Golga French and stuff are a little bit mixed only because I think I have the same problem as you, which is that some of it was, uh, fairly well acted, um, and paced. And some of it was just kind of terrible. Um, (laughs) um, but it's the, the, you know, the concept to me in some ways is the sharpest, satire that we get in these six episodes i think uh which i really like which is you know this idea that uh first of all that there's this entire segment of society that everyone is better off without and second of all that that segment of society is the one that earth people are really descended from 
<laughs> which makes a lot of sense. Well, and, and yet the fact that they're the ones that actually keep things going as evidenced by what happened to their home planet. So it's, it's kind of uh, eh, double-edged, yeah. I suppose. Uh, I mean, it, it's just those dirty phones. I mean, yeah. they've brought many a civilization low. Um, so That's yeah, why I mean, we all switched to cell phones. But yeah. <laughs> yeah, only Although your cell dirty. phone picks up so much crap if you don't clean it yourself. Yeah, yeah I, I never clean my cell phone. It's purely organic. Just get a new one. <laughs> That's exactly right. As soon as it gets mm. dirty. Um, so, yeah. No, I, I like this a lot. And I think the ending is is really effective. Um, I did not remember it ending on such a definitive note. Um, and as you say, kind of a melancholy one. But it, it is really nice in a way that they do get back to Earth at the end. Uh, albeit two million years prior. You know? Uh, yeah, I... I, I think it's I think it's quite well done on the whole. It's just those uh, those pieces that kind of are a little bit shaky. Um, I do want to say I had never really understood the whole six by nine thing until now. I think really because I was like, is it a misprint? What's going on? But then I figured out, oh, okay, it's because Arthur is an imperfect part of the program or because the program was imperfect because of the cavemen not being there. Right. And that's why the answer is, or the question isn't, what do you get when you multiply six by seven? So, (laughs) yeah, I, I don't know. It took me a while to, to figure that out, I guess. Um, maybe I've descended from a, a management consultant. Wow. So yeah, that's, that's kind of it, I guess. I, I, don't see really anything left to do except a pointless ranking. Shall we do that? Well, I, I think there are points in, the, in it. That's how you do <laughs> ranking. It's not so pointless, but okay, fine. All um, right. Fine, fine, fine. Oh, and, and by the way, uh, before we go, the, the uh, career of Aubrey Morris, which I just had to look up. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, mainly known for Clockwork Orange and Wicker Man. Um, oh, right, Wicker Man. Mm-hmm. That's yeah, maybe um, what I was thinking of. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, some of the other stuff that uh, that I was looking at, because uh, it's not, uh, if it's Tuesday, this must be Belgium, which is just funny for me because of Belgium. Um, let's see, uh, Love and Death, uh, which was uh, uh, the Woody Allen pastiche of, uh, of Russian novels, basically. The Adventure of Sherlock Holmes' Smarter Brother, um, <laughs> SOS Titanic, uh, Life Force. He's in Life Force, which amuses me. Oh, yeah. Um, I forgot about that. Yeah, um, and for the prisoner, he is the town crier in Dance of the Dead. Oh, uh, yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, so other stuff. Cat Weasel. Um, he was an episode of Tales from the Crypt. Um, he was an episode of The Avengers. Uh, and I'd, I'd forgotten this. I, I've tracked this now. He was in the third season of Babylon 5. He was in um, oh. episode Exogenesis, which is these uh, uh, these um, alien suppose you think they're parasites that are basically bonded to these people that Marcus knows. And it turns out actually they're there. It, it was a welcome bond for the most part. And, and, um, at any rate, he's, he's the main guest star in that. It's funny. I didn't put that together. Uh, he was in an episode of the saint. He was in three episodes of danger man in an episode of space, 1999, um, an episode of ashes to ashes. And, uh, one of his last roles, I guess was it's in uh, an episode of it's always sunny in Philadelphia, <laughs> uh, which God. I've never watched. Oh, and, and Deadwood oddly enough. Huh. So he anyway, wasn't a d- Doctor Who at all. Um, it doesn't have him listed, and I assume they would. That seems crazy. Or Blake Seven. Yeah. No. Uh, Z Cars, huh. Lovejoy, Columbo, 
the Dennis Miller horror film Bordello of Blood. <laughs> Believe it or not. Um, yeah, I strange. swear there's something I remember him from that's not The Prisoner or um, or Clockwork Orange, but I'll have to figure it out. Well, Wicker Man, but yeah, other than that, yeah. Oh, Wicker Man, yeah. Yeah. But I, I feel like there's something even more familiar that I've seen a bit, but oh well, I'll, hmm. I'll find it some, sooner or later, I'm sure. Yeah. Um, oh, oh, and as uh, in an episode of Ripping Yarns, which I believe Michael Palin did, uh, as Grosvenor, the butler who likes naughty books. Anyway, um, <laughs> I had to say that. Oh my gosh. Okay. All right. Back. Back on topic. Back to the ranking. Uh, so let's do our usual thing. Um, do you want to start or shall I? Um, I'll I'll start. Um, okay. I, I think. What is the, your number uh, six episode of this season? Uh, my number six episode, um, you are number six, uh, number two. Uh, yeah, ep- ah. episode two is my uh, my least favorite, I think. Um, uh, it's a lot of them sitting around. Uh, I mean, we get the Vogue and Poetry stuff in the beginning, but then it's them um, walking down corridors and perhaps the best Doctor Who fashion only much slower uh, with Marvin. And you figure that would be good, and maybe it's my the fact that I'm familiar with it. Um, is where it just feels like it drags and certainly uh, the opening to meeting Zaphon and, and Trillian, it just feels like I'm like, get on with it, let them meet already. Um, it, mm-hmm. This is the bit where, I mean, I think we talked about at the time that just felt thing, it felt like things flagged, it felt like things flagged actually as soon as they um, uh, got off the earth in the first episode and it just kind of continued for most of the second, which is where I, I think we were both worried for a little while. Um, but uh, yeah, so that's my number six. Okay. Well, my four through six probably could be in any order, and the same for my one through three. Um, So I have episode one at the bottom here, and I think it's just because I remember how uh, much whiplash I got after they got off the Earth, and everything suddenly was (laughs) really terrible. Um, That was, was that the episode with the blue food? Or was it episode two? I think it was episode one, right? Yeah, I don't remember. Clearly yeah, I, I should change my ranking depending on where the blue food was. But yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> like that section, I'm just like, what are they doing? Just, ugh. Um, but I, I think it's just two, uh, sort of two aspects of the same thing. There's there's a great uh, bit in episode one, which is everything on Earth. Um, and then there's a great bit in episode two, which is the improbability drive. Um, yeah, so I, I think yours is logical, but that's what I wrote down, so that's what I'm saying. What's your number okay. five? My number five is episode one. So um, <laughs> I, I give episode five better marks because of the Earth section. So to me, it was only half a drag, whereas the, the second episode was a full drag. Although I agree with you what you just said about the um, the improbability drive. I mean, the truth is that the, the most tolerable parts of... I shouldn't say tolerable, that sounds too bad, but... Um, the, the, the favorite bits probably of the first two episodes are probably the guy decides and the animation that goes along mm-hmm. with them. So, yeah, I mean, you know, you have Douglas Adams jumping into uh, the ocean completely starkers. I mean, what's, <laughs> you know, I mean, I feel like there should be some credit for that. But, yeah, yeah um, so, yeah, episode one is my number five. Okay, that seems fair. I could uh, tomorrow feel uh, the same way that you did about it. Because uh, my episode five is episode two. Um, and I... I think the only reason I rated it higher was because I liked them boringly walking around brightly lit corridors better than I liked them walking around dimly lit corridors. <laughs> so that's sort of where it was. They changed um, the bulb in between episodes. Right. I Well, I sort of, I, I am reconsidering now because I do think the earth section is stronger than, you know, the improbability drive section, but I, I do enjoy them both. Um, 
Cool. What's your number four? My number four is, and I don't know if we're going to diverge on this. This is going to be interesting. My number four is episode six. Um, ah, interesting. Wh- okay. Which, um, you know, I like I said, I do like the ending, um, and that's that's where it gets the highest uh, highest mark for me. Um, I, I still feel like the pace was a little bit off, but I uh, I did enjoy it, and um, uh, but for for me, three, four, and five uh, form a pretty solid block for me. So, and I feel like six. Six is is there, but tails off in comparison to the uh, first three. So, or to those mm-hmm. three. So um, that's why I'm putting this one in the four slot. Okay, my number four is episode three, um, partly because I can't remember anything that happened in it. Like <laughs> I think the only thing I really remember is uh, the missiles changing into a whale and a bullet petunias, but like the rest of the dialogue and action in that sequence, I've mostly forgotten. So that's sort of where I am with it. Yeah. I mean, it's, I mean, episode three and four are both really the Magra Thea sections. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, in terms of what falls where, that's the interesting uh, bit of discussion. Yeah. That one feels very transitional to me. So I, it wasn't as entertaining to me. I think it's some of the later ones. Mm-hmm. What's your number three? Uh, my number three is uh, episode three. Um, so uh, so yeah, just one one um, one I think slot our, off. I think our tiers are the same here. Yeah, um, it's two two and two. Interesting. Um, so yeah, um, I mean, I definitely feel like it's above episode. Um, well, that's tough. Like I said, because I like the ending for six, but I mean, three was the first episode where it's like, okay, this feels like a solid. Um, a solid episode of the series and, and mm-hmm. after the kind of shocking dread that I had for the first couple episodes, um, uh, that it's where it felt like everything clicked and the humor was fully spot on. And, um, and, uh, um, yeah, the, the, the rest of the bits I'll, I'll save for when we get to, um, episode four. But, uh, um, if I had to rank between three and four, I feel like, uh, four is the meteor of the two. So, uh, so, um, three ends up in the slot. Okay. Uh, well, as I just implied, my number four is episode six. This is all very confusing. Mm-hmm. Um, I originally had it higher, um, because, mainly because, and this also tips my hand for the rest of it, uh, they were in reverse chronological order <laughs> for all of the ranking except for, uh, except for that one. Um, but I, I like thinking about the, the weaker parts of this episode, I was like, mm, yeah. Um, it does tend to drag a little in the middle. Um, but I do think the overall idea again is strong. I think the ending is very good. Mm -hmm. So, uh, so it's, it's, it's up there for me, but there were two that I found much more enjoyable. Yep. What's your number five or no, sorry. Number two. (laughs) Yes. I, I get it. Yeah. Number two. Um, my, uh, my number two episode is, um, and I actually flip-flopped on this a couple times, but uh, my, so my number two episode is uh, episode four. Okay. So is um, mine. Let's talk okay. about it. All right. Um, and uh, and four was, like I said, it was the stronger of the um, of the Megarthia segments. And, mm-hmm. um, uh, and I, um, yeah, for me, everything clicked there. And, and that's really where, I mean, for something that in some ways is a big, huge exposition dump in the middle... Uh, but it's not because you have, I mean, you know, it's not being explained, it's being shown. So you're seeing deep thought, of course, and, uh, and uh, the whole philosopher stuff, um, ha- never fails to crack me up. Um, mm-hmm. uh, and for some reason, just little lines like, 
I don't know, I, our, I guess our brains must be too highly trained magic thighs. <laughs> it's it's just too highly trained and magic thighs as a juxtaposition alone is enough to kill me. Um, and uh, yeah, I, I, um, I, I thought this episode worked very well and was very strong. Yeah, I, so I flip-flopped as well. Um, and I think part of the reason that I eventually ended up with it here is that uh, I've like listened to or seen or read the um uh the deep thought stuff so often that when it starts now i'm like okay just buckle up we're gonna go through it again it's very hey, good and it's very funny <laughs> um but it, it it i know what's coming and so the pace of it kind of frustrates me a little bit um although there are many lines in there that i do like as well uh so it's it's very clever. I like it a lot. It's definitely up here. Um, I love the bits with Slardy Bart Fast and his kind of take on life and his sort of uh, pragmatic attitude to the destruction of the Earth. Um, all of that stuff I really enjoy. Uh, the mice turning out to be from uh, like pan-dimensional beings, etc. That stuff's all very good. I'm starting to talk myself into ranking it above number... Uh, rank, switching one and two again. Well, just wait until we start talking about that, but, and maybe you'll switch back. <laughs> yeah, you never know. Um, it's really, really good. Uh, it's definitely one of my two favorite episodes of the season, which means that we both ha must have, at the top, number five. Yes. Um, yeah, number I mean, five it is, is number one. Yeah. Uh, the last should be the first one. Well, no, the last should be <laughs> the next two. Anyway, um, the, I mean, it's, it's funny, because I think if you were to get in, uh, if you were to point out, you know, if you had to point to one episode of Hitchhikers and said, what's the overall, you know, philosophy or meat of it, it's really episode four. It's really, you mm -hmm. know, all of, at least for the series, evolving around, uh, revolving around the earth and the question and all that. that that's really the, the central part of it um, and, and all the philosophical related things. But like the fifth episode for me is usually the highest uh, joke ratio like if there was one episode of the radio series for example that survived it would be and uh, that i would want to have survive it's either episode five or episode seven and since episode seven isn't in uh in the tv show then it defaults mm -hmm. to five and, and i feel like the pace unlike some of the other bits i feel like the pace survived uh on this which was important um and uh and you know i, I really uh, i i loved uh max quadruplene in this one just i, I love yes. the way he played it um uh, he made this he made the episode um you know i i of mm -hmm. course love the waiter um yes. and i mean uh the completely unrecognizable peter davison <laughs> oh my god yeah three really excellent performances uh anchoring this one i think and that's that's part of what does it i think um mm -hmm. you know it, we even get uh, the the um uh appearance by david prowse um you know i uh, <laughs> uh yeah it's just and it's really the one episode that I mean, because most of the episode has been episodes have been focused on our main characters. With maybe you know we have Slaughter Bartfast pop up, we have of course the Golga Frinchams, but like this is the one case where it feels like they're in space and interacting with culture. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, it feels so much more busy. Yeah, I would agree, I, and I I'm feeling more confident now about keeping it at number one for, for all those reasons, and because I sort of I don't always remember the bits in this. I remember liking it, but I don't always remember the jokes and the things that happened. So it feels, it felt fresh to me in a way that some of the other ones uh, sort of didn't. And I was looking forward to it because I really enjoy the concept and the, the whole atmosphere of that. Um, uh, and a great satirical idea, of course, again. And then you mentioned the performances, the costumes are fun. 
the set is pretty pretty great although <laughs> it's it's dark enough that you're like yeah this this isn't a restaurant <laughs> it's a studio set with a couple levels but of course it is you know why would it be anything else um so yeah i really enjoy all of that um i like watching ford and zaphod steal a spaceship together um i love all the jokes with uh with marvin and <laughs> the car park stuff. Um, and I like having everybody sort of together. Like I, I think the show is at its most fun when sort of the four of them are there as opposed to them sort of splitting up and, and doing things separately. It's, it's really fun to have Ford, Zephod and Arthur in particular interacting. That's actually uh, a good point. as well to some degree. That, that's actually a good point. Thinking of how little the series they actually spend all together because mm-hmm. I mean, they meet at the very end of episode two, um, the episode three, we get it until they end up in Magrathia and they split up. And mm-hmm. then it's not until they, they meet in the, the banquet scene. Um, and then they spend it through all of episode five until they get separated by the teleporter at the, uh, during episode six. So really five is the only time where we have the entire, uh, them all together, all the whole group for the entire episode. Yeah, except for Marvin. Well, <laughs> I mean, at least he shows up. But yeah, yeah. Um, it's true. Yeah. Um, so yeah, number five was great. More restaurant, please. And that is very, re- very restaurant. So many ways. So uh, let's reflect on the series as a whole. Then um, we talked about this a little bit at the beginning, but how do you feel this was as an adaptation of Hitchhikers or a version of Hitchhikers or whatever you want to say? Um, well, um, at least it was British. <laughs> I thought you were going to say, at least it was brief. <laughs> um, I quite liked parts of it, the surrealism of the underlying metaphor. Um, you know, th- there's bits where I feel like the pacing was off. There's bits where, uh, you know, I, the, the, I'm sure the complaints that Douglas Adams had with it, I, I think, um, you know, knowing more of the general complaints, but I, I mean... I think it was valid. There's bits where I think it worked better as a radio play, but I don't think that means that it wouldn't have worked as a, uh, as a um, TV series. It just, there were bits in this incarnation that, I mean, the Vogon poetry stuff, you know, bits, bits of episode two that, um, that, you know, I really, really enjoy in the radio series that I think didn't play so well here. Um, kind of, uh, kind of shocked me. And of course the design for Marvin is, is, and poor Zaphod, poor Mark Wing Davy being oh my um, God. having to deal with it. So I mean, part of it is the okay, it's the eighties, uh, but part of it is also <laughs> okay, it's the um, it was the choices of the of the director and the production staff to Douglas Adams' chagrin, and I have to agree with them. So I mean that that in that respect, it's kind of painful. Like I think if uh, and parts of it that worked very very well. So I I feel like it's a it's a curate's egg. Um, and, uh, and, you know, if I was going to introduce somebody to Hitchhikers, um, I still stand by. I would introduce them either via the radio series or the books. Yep. Uh, I think we're of the same mind there. Um, to me, this feels, in relation to the books of the radio series, kind of the way the movie feels to all three of them. All right. You alluded to it, and I didn't... Uh, I didn't I know, pretend that I know. it didn't exist. So I've, it's just I've conjured a, it into existence at this point. That's fair. I, I, yeah, we are now in the universe where there is a movie. Um, yeah, it's it's the same sort of thing. It's kind of like a cover version. And it's like, oh, it's nice that this is here. But th- if I were like, I need a hitchhiker fix, this is not what I would turn to to get it. Um, I would definitely either listen to it or read it because uh, it's just a, a much better experience. And probably it, I would listen to it. 
you know, although although I do want to give um, plaudits and, and kudos to, you know, I mean, uh, obviously in terms of the, the particular cast. All right, well, first of all, the the book and the animations uh, were were perfect, and I think that yes. worked even better in the visual medium and all the additional stuff. Have that that is by far the the um, the biggest improvement, mm-hmm. and that's improving mm-hmm. on something that was pretty darn good to begin with. Um, the uh, and and the music, which they kept to some extent intact or, or similar. I mean, it's Patty Kingsley in both cases, but um, but uh, that that mood sets it very very well. I think actually, and uh, you know, I mean, um, Simon Jones is is as excellent as he was in the in the radio series. Uh, Mark Wing Davy, I feel like is a bit hamstrung in places, um, mm-hmm. partially because of, I suppose, what he was left to go with. But at some point, he's really overacting, as he kind of did a little bit towards the end in the second series. Um, I, I feel like it's, it's a little bit over the top in places. Um, yeah. Uh, you know, I, I think uh, it's interesting how much more I liked David Dixon than I remembered. And yeah, we talked about, that was we talked about his. Me. Yeah, we talked about his doctorish aspect, and there's bits where I love Jeffrey McGiven's um, delivery, but it, it was interesting, and plus the fact that just kind of seeing his um some of his reactions and just just his eyes i think um uh worked and you know unfortunately i'm sorry sandra dickinson but um <laughs> uh, i i i much prefer the sue sheridan version and i think some of that was also due to due to the choices that the production staff made to to make uh um trillion more more um sadly airheady and less um brilliant astrophysicist and and um, I think she's fully capable of it. I think it was the the decisions that they made for this that unfortunately um, just really um, hamstrung the character. Yeah, it's so much more dramatically interesting when she isn't like this. <laughs> yeah. Well, and uh, you know, and yeah. Stephen Moore is Stephen Moore. Um, you know, I don't like the Marvin design, but of course, um, his delivery is is brilliant as always. Uh, I mean, it's interesting how much of this. You know, we're saying this. Uh, if somebody had never seen Hitchhikers before, and of course, you know, we've seen the, heard the jokes a million times or whatever, you know, this might be screamingly funny for somebody who hadn't seen it before because of the fact that they weren't familiar with those particular jokes, even though we maintain that that may play better on the radio. But yeah, um, you know, it's it's funny you say that because I was talking to uh, my girlfriend earlier today who has never consumed any form of Hitchhikers other than this one. Or no, really? I'm sorry, other than the movie. <laughs> Wait, really? The movie is the only thing she's seen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's it. How, how, how have you guys been together for so long, and how have I known her for so long? And that's amazing. Well, that you is can't absolutely amazing. <laughs> you cannot make her read or listen to or whatever something she's not interested in. Uh, so yeah, I mean, that's the only part uh, actually, of she's seen. And and to read, her, read I can see, but that, that's fascinating. Anyway, I'll shut up. Well, she doesn't listen to radio series anyway. Yeah. Um, and you listen to more than I do, but well, just, just call it a podcast anyway. Um. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. So the movie is the only thing that she's seen and, uh, she really enjoyed it because all of those jokes were completely new to her. So interesting. Yeah. It's, it's weird how that happens. It's like, it's like seeing the terrible movie of a really good book. Like when you first see the movie, you're like, oh, that's a pretty good story. And then you read the book, you're like, oh, this is so much better in this form. But you've been able to enjoy the movie. So in some ways, maybe watch the worst version of a thing first. I don't know. Um, Hmm. But uh, yeah, so um, I would agree with all the stuff you said. Uh, To me, I I agree. David Dixon was the unexpected standout for me in in this viewing. I really I loved everything he did as Ford. Uh, Just, you know, visuals and his delivery. I agree with you that. 
you know, uh, he doesn't eclipse McGivern, but I think uh, he adds just such an interesting, fresh take on the character in this version. Uh, and it is so much fun to watch this and imagine it as an even goofier uh, Doctor Who season um, than like season 17. Well, it's funny. We, we said that, you know, episode six kind of felt like a Doctor Who episode. So, yeah, uh, you know, you had an Ertzatz doctor in there anyway. Yeah, I can't imagine that's an accident, but I don't know. Um, you know, from so, from somebody that uh, that actually um, worked, worked on, on the Doctor show. Who for a while. On top of that, yeah. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. So uh, yeah, so I I enjoyed this viewing through it. Um, I, I don't know how eager I would be to watch the whole thing again, but you know, talking about the Hitchhiker's Guide entries, I um, I, I don't normally do this kind of thing, but I'm. I'm starting to wonder about doing like an edit of all the guide entries together into one. I'm pretty video. sure if you go into YouTube, I'm sure you can find it. I'm sure. Oh, that's good. It's, it's yeah. even better when someone else has already done it for me. <laughs> right. Exactly. Um, well it is, it is because of the fact that you thought of this and then a wormhole in time opened up oh, of course. and the words, gee, it would be nice if somebody strung this all together. And so then somebody actually did it. So there you go. Nice. Um, oh, well, it's better than causing an intergalactic war that's swallowed by a dog, I guess. This is true. I mean, I suppose you could um, you could sue for, or they could sue for having uh, thought it up uh, beforehand. Uh, mm-hmm. But um, uh, what was I going to say? Shoot. Um, oh yeah. I mean, I, I think I might have mentioned this before, but it's interesting that there's also things you can find on YouTube of other people that have done other videos that are in the style of the Hitchhiker animations, uh, both hmm. and and narration. And my favorite one, which is worth looking up, is. Um, essentially a hitchhiker's guide entry for the Daleks. Oh my God. It's very well done and very well animated and, and similarly have the little jokes in the background that while uh, it's being discussed and somebody does a pretty good Peter Jonesy voice. And, and uh, I think if I remember correctly, they may have borrowed some of the music or, or did something very similar. Like it, it feels right. Mm, I do have to see that. That sounds, yeah, good. that sounds really fun. Um, yeah. So, uh, I think that's probably about all we have to say about Hitchhiker's Guide. Um, if you have more to say, as I mentioned earlier, uh, tweet us at Starship Warlock. Um, we don't know what's next. Um, it's it's as if we knew everything in the universe and suddenly uh, the future is no longer clear to us and everything is new. Um, so there may be uh, the next episode, maybe the first episode of season four of Starship Podcast Warlock. Uh, it may be something else entirely. Who knows? We'll Six find seasons out in a next movie. time. <laughs> That's right. Okay. Uh, well, thank you for listening. Uh, thank you for joining us on this uh, short but sweet Hitchhiker's Voyage. Um, and we hope your planet does not get destroyed for a hyperspace bypass, mainly because we're probably also on the same planet. And uh, we'll, we'll talk to you when we do. Uh, until then, this has been Drew. This has been Jeff. And you've been listening to Starship Podcast Warlock. Warlock. Bye, everybody. Bye-bye.